High Noon. This is News Talk. You're very welcome back to High Noon. You're very welcome back, should I say, Kieran Cuddy here with you. 53106 is the text number at High Noon NT for your tweets. Loads of people getting in touch. God, people feel very strongly about national anthems and sport and whether they should be played at sporting events. Sean Amid says, Hi there, Trump is playing to his base in the same way that Clinton and Obama played to their liberal elite bases. America is a divided society. Millions of Americans had no time for the Obama presidency. Sean, you're absolutely right. My point is that Donald Trump is, instead of trying to heal those divisions, he's exploiting those divisions in order to get re-elected. Someone else says, we don't respect our anthem here at sporting events. People chat during it, they're on their phones, they shout and roar before it's finished. Total disrespect. Did you see the Waterford hurling manager? He had his hands in his pockets during the anthem at the All-Ireland final. Someone else says, we'd be sympathetic enough here, I think, to give people their own song. It's a good point about Trump's tactics, though. For all the diversity in the USA, it's still a predominantly white country population-wise, and only 12% of the population there is black. Someone else thinks, I think freedom and democracy should allow us express the things we don't like even if they use a flag or an anthem to do it we should respect all peaceful views and protests on the other hand a president should have respect for all views and all people have integrity and not cause conflict the reaction says as much about the people too freedom and democracy only if they benefit while Ron in Dublin says hi Kieran. it's Kieran, not Kieran, Ron forever correcting people about that. What is wrong with playing our national anthem before any sporting event? It doesn't matter what the player's background is, they decided to represent Ireland and that's the way it is. What do we do? Start pandering to everyone's beliefs? If they don't like it, they shouldn't be representing Ireland in any sport. Ron, fair point. I actually wasn't talking about the national teams though, people who represent Ireland. I was talking about the fact, particularly in GAA, that the organisation, the association has wrapped the flag and national identity around itself. And if you go to an under 14 junior county final or they don't have junior, whatever, Ryan B, Ryan C county final, they played the national anthem before it. And how would we feel if people took an E during it? Because, I don't know, whatever they were, they were of the unionist persuasion from the north and they were playing here. Or they're, like I said, their parents were in direct provision. They were born into it and they felt that they were discriminated against in this country. How would we feel about people taking a knee and disrespecting the flag and disrespecting the Irish anthem. Of course, my suggestion is you get rid of them. You don't play them at sporting events, at club sporting events, certainly, whatever about national teams. I think the uh, GA should shed itself of the uh, tricolour and Aron Levine, but I'm sure people out there will have strong views. And at 53106 is the text number, like I said, at high noon NT for your tweets. Now, I'm joined in studio by James Parnell. James is the founder of The Wellbeing Gym and the reason he's here is because James is a returning immigrant. James, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, there's a huge amount of returning immigrants who kind of became the narrative during the recession, the, you know, the amount who were leaving every year and that was backed up by CSO data. But new CSO data collected during the census last year shows just how many people, I suppose, like yourself have come back and how many people have actually just moved to this country from, from, from other jurisdictions, from Eastern Europe, from Africa and elsewhere. Um, a huge amount, over half a million, I think, foreign nationals, as we call them, 11% of the population now is made up by foreign nationals. Do you think, now that you're come back, and we'll talk about all the, the, the what you've got to get used to and everything like this, but do you think that we here in Ireland, and maybe the media in particular, don't give the country enough credit? Yeah, I think it's probably a natural thing. Uh, every country, you know, criticises what's, what's wrong. You look for, uh, you know, what areas you might improve. Uh, you know, it's interesting to me, for example, when I came back and I saw the protests about the water charges and not knowing a, a lot about it, um, 
I could understand the protest about the mismanagement of of the finances or whatever. But, yeah. But the protest actually paying for water, where you know, in in Sydney, for example, everybody pays for water. It, it encourages you know uh, proper usage and being careful about it and things like that. So I think yeah, each 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 country finds something, and everyone like in Australia complains about politicians. What I'm seeing is very typical. I don't think Ireland is any, you know, better or worse significantly than than other countries. It's natural to complain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a human nature. Uh, Tell us, how long were you in Australia for? 16 years. 16 years. Had you become an Australian citizen? Yeah, we we got our citizenship pretty quickly, I suppose, um, because we, I, I guess, kind of conservative wanted to you know make our base there and and keep our options open and everything and you say we explain the family situation well i left and uh we we left in 2000 myself and anne-marie my now wife so uh we we stayed there for eight years we came back here got married we left and people probably said oh this will make you or break you yeah yeah exactly (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so we left on a bit of an adventure and and uh we loved it there and um we came back for a holiday to get married three kids uh later and we bought a house in i think 2010 uh, in Sydney, and we thought that would be our house for, yeah. for life, I guess. Um, and then um, Anne-Marie, uh, on her side of the family, there was um, her father passed away. And I suppose we just with kids started thinking that a little bit differently and I just thought it was time to come home. Yeah, what, what was it? Was it children or was there always a bit of a, I suppose, a, a yearning for the old sod or what, what was it? Um, I think it was just a natural time in our lives where, you know, we were settling down and we, we had always had a, a, like a yearning. I don't know what, what that is, whether like it's homesickness, it's maybe a little bit of guilt, you know, that we yeah. left in the first place. It's a combination, but it's something that just never goes away. So that was always there, but you learn to live with it and you just suppress it like, you know, but uh, I suppose with kids, you think a little bit more. Um, so. Now, when you're in your tw- early 20s, you're going out for adventure. So, you you know, you go away. And I suppose I grew up a little bit over there. And then uh, you have kids and you kind of come back into the nest a little bit. And you think about relationships and connections and all the rest. Is and, it, it yeah. it's not uniquely Irish, but is it a stronger draw in in Irish people? Do you think in other people, you know, that my country is Kiltartan's Cross, you know, that we're essentially kind of parochial? I think probably partially, yeah. I'd say I mean definitely the warmth of the people, and uh, the people are definitely a draw. And um, sometimes, you know, I've I, I wonder whether it really we are really are as warm as we think we are. But I have asked, I've actually asked foreigners, are we as warm as we think we are? And and most of them say yes, we are. So I think that's partly it. Um, and I think obviously naturally because we're a country of, you know, emigration historically, you're naturally going to get some coming back anyway. So so t- talk to me then about the 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 the. I suppose the cultural shift in, in moving back because 16 years is a huge amount of time away like you're you're a different person really than you are kind of from, from 16 years previous you've done an awful lot of growing up I'm sure yeah. um, in your case married and kids by the time you're coming home yeah. was it was there any immediate shock to the system or you know had you, had you kind of prepared for it or what what, what, what was the initial reaction um, I had prepared for it probably spent uh, unbeknownst to myself the last five or six years preparing for it even though I didn't know I was moving but I you know got into the well-being space and looking after myself mentally and having a positive attitude and that's what I do in my business so I had prepared for it and then it was it was about nine months we had after we made the decision until we came back to okay you know to actually prepare logistically and 
yeah. uh, mentally and uh, everything else. So you can prepare all of those things to reduce the shock of, you know, uh, logistics like, you know, insurance and the, the price differences and the weather differences and all those. Like, so that, that is a shock, no matter how prepared you are, it's a little bit of a shock. And then there's like aftershocks, like things that you just couldn't prepare for that you thought you'd, you know, you'd fall back into a routine and maybe you, you don't and everything else. So I'm, I'm glad like that I, we, we both treated it as a big adventure. You know, it's, it's basically emigrating again. It's not coming home. Yeah. So you okay, need to have the same attitude. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you need to have the same attitude. I'm struck there when you said about kind of falling back into same routines because I'm struck by that as well. When when people um, come to uh, when they come back, friends of mine who've emigrated, they come back and they kind of think we're all still back in you know 2004, 2005 when they left, and that yeah. we're all kind of in our early to mid twenties. We all go out every weekend. They expect us to, and we say, well, I, you know, I can't. I've got to bring the kids to under six camogie. You know, tomorrow morning, I, I really can't go out for a drink. Is yeah. was that something you were kind of guilty of that maybe that Ireland maybe hadn't changed? Uh, yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I I, I knew that um, everything would have moved on, and I was I was I thought prepared for it. But until you actually experience it, like you know that uh, you know trying to whatever it is meet up with people or trying to 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 reestablish those connections, you know you have to go kind of go through it to really figure out how to overcome it. You know, so um, I I think uh, also. Uh, and I mean this with the greatest of, of respect. Um, but sometimes when you've gone away and come back, you're a little bit more open to uh, new, new things and a little bit less inclined to fall into routines. And I, I think some sometimes, you know, um, people just need to, to, you know, shake it up a little bit. You mentioned, say, well-being and, and you founded the gym when you came back, the well-being gym uh, and how much that helped you. Is Ireland an easy country to, country to come back in and, and be an entrepreneur and, and to start a business? Yeah, I, th I think if you, yeah, if you're ready for it, yeah. Um, if you go and look for help, there's lots of help. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working in Dogpatch Labs, the startup community there. It's very healthy. Um, you know, there's government support if you go and look for it um, for new businesses. You know, so there's there's plenty of things there. I think the the size of the the country and the the network means you have to go and and reestablish those relation relationships. But once they're established, you know, you can um, you can kind of make a name for yourself um, in the community that you're in. Like. So. What, what, plenty. what pleasantly surprised you about moving back to Ireland? Uh, I think probably actually the, Not the, the weather, the, the size of the country is good. Like, you know, like last week we were surfing in Sligo and then halfway across we watched the All-Ireland in Carrick on Shannon and then we were home in time for tea. So that's kind of nice being able to make. Uh, I'd forgotten, I suppose, that, you know, you can you can go to the other side of the country. And yeah, I'm hours, always so struck. I, li I like lived in Canada for a time and, and I remember someone asking me, you know, where did, where was I from? I said, Kilkenny. He said, is that near the sea? And I said, oh, no, no, we're, we're way inland. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, and then he yeah. said, oh, how far do you have to go to surf? I said, oh, you'd be down in Tremorne about 40 minutes if you yeah, need to be. He yeah. said, oh, no, you live beside the sea. <laughs> Trust yeah, exactly. Me. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and little things like, you know, just in shops or people, those tiny little interactions that I had forgotten that. That's lovely as well. All right. James Parnell, founder of The Wellbeing Gym. Uh, James, thanks very much. Moved no to problem. Sydney, which is 16 years ago yep. and now back yep. in Ireland uh, making, a, making a life for himself here with his wife and his three children.